after morning. Welcome into twitch.tv forward slash ice cream upwards. My name is Graham Day, and I can see Ilotus UK in the chat and a timeless soul in the chat. That's good because we're joined by the man that we call Bibi. I'll read Bib. Good after morning, Graham. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. And Viv's here as well. Oh, I trick. Oh, I darling. How you doing? How you doing? Nice to be here for my first scoop of the week. Uh, yeah. Actually, it looks like I'm mounted on an on a monitor arm because the uh, the um the low profile wave mic arm for my microphone. It looks like yeah. it's clipped into the bottom of the box that I'm on. Yeah, I'm on a TV that Bibby can just move around. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> How's things, Bibby? All right. Yes, I am going good, Graham. Um, it's been a busy morning so far. Sorting out some scheduling stuff, working towards some ICU stuff. Ooh. Conversations had this morning. Ooh. Exciting. Oh, yeah, it's been a busy morning. It is. It is pretty exciting for those that um, don't know, which is everyone, because we haven't told anyone anything. We do have some. We are, we are working on some cool things uh, for the ICU community. Obviously, um, oh, let me change my lighting behind me. I can see it's it's turned pink, which might be what's breaking the uh, green screen effect a little bit. A mm. little bit, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of fixed it, baby. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, some cool stuff in the works. We did also start a conversation the other day in the Discord just to see what people thought because a lot of people have been like, I see you, summer meetup, let's go, baby. Yeah. Um, and we've been like, yeah, let's do that, yeah. But then not really planned anything. Um, so we've started to have a conversation on whether that is something that could potentially happen maybe later on in the year. And, um, and, and, and it could be-ish, um, but something like an ICU community meetup, obviously, if you're getting a... We are a business, um, so we don't want people to come along to a half-assed event. We do social media, esports, events, and things like that. So if people came along and it was it was a bit crap, then we'd look a bit crap. So we'd want to make it be good, which obviously that requires snacks and drinks, maybe some pizzas, oh, and then we're thinking about maybe a barbecue, or maybe a barbecue with foodie bits and stuff. And, and, and do you know what? Maybe we have the stream on for the full day. And if we're going to have the stream on, we're going to have people in, we're going to need to like, have some extra extra play area. So we're going to have to set up an offline, like, not an, an offline, a LAN sort of setup off stream so that people can play in and take part in the stream. And we'll probably make it so that people can jump in and out. So that's where we're going. And then instantly, um, from a business perspective, obviously we do this because we enjoy this stuff, but from a business perspective, all you can do is like, ka-ching, as the, as, the, as the register is just tilling everything up. So we have realized to do something like that, it would cost a chunk. Um, however, uh, you guys support our channel. So that is where we are uh, in terms of our our content and stuff so um yes uh we are looking into it nothing has been confirmed yet uh we have some l loose dates that we are examining <laughs> um but we will let you know we will let you know we'll let you know if we are if we do an icu uh summer meetup um mm -hmm. with food and stuff uh hopefully we can do that hopefully we can do that and hopefully it's all good uh so yeah yeah we'll see we'll see yeah uh lake says no spam i see no 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 uh, 137 in the day Spam should be an hours ago. I mean, <laughs> this is the time where you go back to Tesco and you get another tin just in case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, chasing meat with peeps. 
<laughs> oh, look, I've got my grill back again, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you tickle me, that. <laughs> so you can see, if you're watching this on the video stuff, um, when you've got a green screen, um, certain colours get picked up. Either my teeth are white, and that's a compliment, or they're green, one or the other. I don't hear any of this. So I just take it as a given that yeah. someone's used exclamation about spam and the spam noises playing in the background. Oh no, there was no noises playing. I just I just like spam. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, yeah. Either I've got white or green teeth, one or the other. Um so it looks like I've got a grill on my, my mouth. Maybe realize it they clipped it and sent it me. So we decided to go with with rap names like uh, <laughs> Doctor Day and G Unit and, and all that stuff. J G, not, not Jay-Z. But anyway, um, so down the pub for a few Swifties then. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that was hopefully going to be part of it anyway. So we were talking about, like, we were doing ICU community meetup. We'd come to the Ice Cream Uploads studio, which is obviously part of the Jelly Media offices. Um, uh, and then we'd do some barbecue-ish sort of stuff, which requires probably some sort of gazebo because we don't have covering on the outside area. And you know what it's like. You make plans in the UK, even though it's mid-August, it's going to piss it down. Uh, mm-hmm. So and then after all of that, we were talking, oh, well, if people are up for it, we could go into uh, Blackpool for a for a little bit of an ease up. We'll see. We'll see. Barbecue spam, 100%. That is happening. That is happening. If, yeah. If spam want to get involved, oh, go on then. Go on then. Um... Cranberry juice, Sergeant Angel. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Tito says payday tomorrow. Got my uh, got my pay slip yesterday. Oh, is this is this your first payday as a millionaire then, Tito? Absolutely. Oof, oof, oof. Nice, nice. Um, Tandoori hot incoming. Uh, hey? Tan- Tandoori. Oh, hot. the the the. Fuck me, arrogant chicken. There we go. I say I literally have my have my. Monster on it, the coaster. So what? 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 The tandoori uh, hot was the last one that we had. Ah, oh, no, I missed that. I, I wonder where it, where that was come from. Uh, Lotus has said I'm still waiting for my jacket. Ah, mm. there we go. Please no. <laughs> there we go. I'm back up mm. to speed. I was like, <laughs> what's this? What was what, this? Uh, <laughs> what is all this? <laughs> Tesco sounds like uh, a gas station. Te- uh, I mean, uh, so te- yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, so you're saying a few tinnies on stream and then two p machines. I mean, <laughs> when in Blackpool, <laughs> absolutely. Blackpool. I mean, not not tinnies. They can be quite expensive these days. We'll just get some spice. Blackpool, get some spice and some two-bit machines. Just stagger around the streets for four hours. <laughs> Jobs are good. <laughs> that's, that's the plan. No, B- Bibby's falling into a hedge again. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Luckily, there's none outside. <laughs> oh, that's my slack. I've just heard it. Let me kill my slack. Did mine, do, did, did mine catch you off guard yesterday, by the way? Uh, I actually had you on kind of quiet because obviously right. I, I was in uh, in the room with the dog whilst Daniel was doing the training stuff. Um, so I had you on the TV, but I had to keep it low down so it didn't go back through the thingy. So I, I missed like half of what was being said. And they're going, what? what? Shut up, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping that, well, I'm sl- I left my slack open. So I heard a shot. And I was like expecting you just to be there, like, what the fuck? Who's sending me a message? <laughs> Who's sending me a message at the other side of the room? I mean, what, it's, 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 it's bad when I'm watching it on and I've got my headset on because then it's like, yeah, that's me. But when it's like on the TV, this side of the room, I'm like, who else has got slack? Who's this? <laughs> um, my deductions were two thirds of my usual salary. Ooh, 
Ooh. For those that missed it, um, Tito went from being just a millionaire to a billionaire last yeah. last month. Uh, well, this month. This month is his first month as a billionaire. So he wanted to be a billionaire so freaking bad. Now he can buy all the things <laughs> he never had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The world better prepare for the scoop introduction. My name is Graham Day. Welcome into twitch.tv forward slash ice cream applause. I'm joined by Bibe. We are ice cream in true ice cream fashion. This is the scoop, the UK's number one video game podcast. If we do say so ourselves, we are here to give you our thoughts and our impressions on the biggest, the best, and the breaking stories from the world of video games. But it's not just our thoughts and impressions. We want to hear your thoughts and impressions and then your thoughts and impressions on our thoughts and impressions. So please do feel free to get involved in the chat. We do go live on twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads each and every single weekday. At 10 a.m. Ish. Uh, it's not 10 a.m. It's almost quarter to two in the afternoon, but that's fine. That's what the issue mode is for. Anyway, please do feel free to get involved because we are live on Twitch, but the live stream does get turned into a podcast, a video on YouTube, and on an audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and Google Play. So there's lots of places where over 130,000 people have watched and listened to this show on demand. So please do feel free to get involved on behalf of all of those beautiful people. They would appreciate it very, very much. Before we jump into the show, I want to remind you that on the first Monday of every month, we give one subscriber a prize. Subscribers win prizes. Um, And that's actually an interesting one this time because I'm just thinking about it. The first Monday of the next month is not until the 6th, which is a bank holiday. Is it? I'm pretty sure it is. Or is it? Or is it? Maybe it isn't. You're off next week, aren't you? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. Is, we're off the Thursday or Friday. That's what it is. Yeah, and because I'm off all next week, it's completely fra- what my fragile man. Yeah, okay, it's not. The sixth isn't the bank holiday. Okay, forget that. <laughs> Everyone go to work. Everyone go to work. Fuck. <laughs> oh, God. It's because it's it's I've got nine days off in a row. I'm off like Friday, Saturday. Uh, no, Sat- uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or something like that. I've got like... I can't fucking remember. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Um, I think I'm off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Whatever. Um, uh, Tito, three Lambos. Yes, exactly. Uh, sixth isn't second and third are. That's the one. That's the one. Okay. Okay. In that case, then, uh, exclamation mark loot drop on the sixth, you could bag yourself a prize. We haven't announced what it is, but in just under two weeks, we will be giving away a prize to one subscriber. All you need to do is be a sub to the channel on that day. Nice. Um, as well as that exclamation mark, Astro, you can buy yourself one of these headsets uh, by getting involved in our giveaways. We don't have one running yet, but rumour has it there might be one soon. Ad says, go Ooh. to work, don't go to work. Go to work, but, but go to work. All right, Boris. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, but different. Exactly. Ready for my prize, care thanks? Nice. Nice. It's going to be a big, massive prize. Do we know what it is yet, babe? Have we got anything big and massive to give away? High five. Crisp high five. The crispest of high fives that the world has ever seen. Whoosh. <laughs> Full-blown connections. Yeah. Like from the elbow and everything. That's what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. It says Bibby's in the studio. Uh, is it home? Nope. No, he's not. He's in the studio. There we go. Nice. Uh... Okay, Bib. Today's video yes. game news. Yes. Apparently, this summer for video games is going to be dog shit. Oh, wait, actually, that's not what it says. That's not what it says. That's not <laughs> what it says. It's, it does say something that's not quite that extreme at all. It says, Jeff Keighley says to expect fewer third-party showcases this summer. Uh, so the journalist claims many companies will put their content in uh, Summer Games Fest and first-party shows. So so basically, 
rather than having a video game showcase every five minutes like we had last year and the year before, mm-hmm. expect a lot of eggs in the uh, the Xbox, the PlayStation, and the Summer Game Fest baskets. All of the eggs will be in that. So less conferences all over the place, more concise, bigger announcements. Interesting. Interesting. Um, sticking with... Uh, Brands, first part is particular. Former Xbox exec says he's scared of Game Pass's potential impact. This is written by Andrew Robinson at VGC. That's the second story. So Game Pass should be should be feared, basically. Basically, it's big things. All right. Is that, was that written by Tito? It looks like it might have been written by Tito. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, next up, moving over to uh, a Nintendo-ish sort of world. Reggie Fils-Aimé uh, discusses workplace abuse, delayed adoption of online play at Nintendo. So the former executive talks about some of the biggest topics in the games industry. And then finally, Capcom may revisit dormant games. And there are some famous names in its catalogue. That one is a pretty exciting story. Usually I'd like put that a little bit earlier in, but like... I want to make sure that we jump on, like workplace abuse and things like that. Like Reggie Fizeme is talking in his speech. I don't want to finish on that, so we're saving the Capcom announcement to the end because it's all it's all rumor and hearsay. Nothing, yeah, but but could be pretty exciting. So we'll we'll jump on that one last. But for now, this is going to be something that will be a big part of our summer. If you haven't been around Ice Cream Uploads through the summer, we do watch the biggest shows mm-hmm. within the games industry. Um, and when we can, we do live watch-alongs too, live reactions of those. Um, and do you know what? You'll be getting less of them this year just because we can't be at... No, it's not because we can't be asked. It's just because there will <laughs> probably be less of them, as Andy Robinson at BGC has this article. Jeff Keeley says to expect fewer third-party showcases this summer. The journalist claims many companies will put their content in Summer Games Fest and first-party shows. Excuse me, one second. There we go. So journalist and presenter Jeff Keighley has said to expect fewer third-party digital showcases this summer as companies instead to opt to to include content in events like his Summer Game Fest show. Last year, companies such as Capcom and Square Enix received a somewhat negative critical response to their own digital events, which uh, fans felt contained fewer announcements than anticipated. Speaking during a Twitter Spaces audio session this weekend, Keeley said consumers should expect less third-party conferences this year as those publishers with less content instead opt to participate in Summer Game Fest and first-party conferences such as the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase. Quote, "Um, there were a lot of shows last year where everyone was disappointed when they weren't really press conferences, right? Like Take-Two, Capcom, Square Enix, and things like that, he said. Wow, we didn't mention Koch Media. That's interesting. Uh, I think, I mean, shout out to Koch, good people, but but their E3 conference was not, was not, was not. I think we can all agree on that. Um, Quote, (laughs) I think they have learned uh, that if you're going to do a press conference, you kind of need to have 30 minutes plus of stuff. And sometimes they only have one or two great games to show, which may not be enough to do a full event around, uh, Keely added. So I think that's going to be a bit of a shift. I have a pretty good, uh, good sense of what's coming in the next month. And I think people will be hyped about games in general. There is still a lack of games coming out right now. This is kind of the COVID gap year, I think, with a lot of games being delayed because they were started during the pandemic. We're still hoping for a lot of things to come out. End quote. As previously announced, Summer Game Fest will kick off with a live cross-industry showcase on Thursday, June the 9th at 7pm BST. It promised to showcase, quote, what's next in gaming with huge new game announcements, world premiere, special guests, and much more. Um, during the Twitter chat, Keithley revealed that 15-plus guests will appear during the show and confirmed that this year's event will see members of the media go hands-on with some of the games featured. Uh, okay, we can stop there. We don't just go into the spiel about the show. 
that the show isn't uh, that the conversation isn't so much about the Summer Game Fest itself, although that's what he was obviously angry at. I mean, Jeff Keighley has a vested interest in saying that the Summer Game Fest experience will be better than other things, but um, that's quite a big statement to make. There will be less third-party showcases this summer. So there will be no... Uh, we'll, we'll get the first-party shows from Xbox uh, and probably some PC showcase. I know that's not first-party as such, but uh, we'll have probably a PlayStation 1 too. But then after Summer Game Fest, it will be, there'll be less of the Square Enixes and the Capcoms and the Cotches as they opt to put their games into Summer Game Fest. Do you believe that? What are your thoughts, Bib? No, I don't. Like, how does he know that? Like we know he's obviously a well-connected person, um, and yet and last year and the year before, over the last two years, obviously we've seen a lot of people making moving towards their own uh, production shows where they're all, where they create their own content, they create their own showcases, and I agree, some of them weren't that great. I feel like they didn't really set the expectations that well, and. Um, maybe try to ha overhype it and then don't end up showing something of worth. Therefore, people would react neg negative uh, negatively to it. And I agree with him with that with that sentiment. But it all uh, obviously he wants to try and market the Summer Game Fest to the best of his ability and to put his Summer Games Fest in the front window for people to go. Do you know what? Actually, they he would probably do a better job than we will. So we'll pay him however much it costs to advertise on this show um, and let him do the job of showing our two games off and we don't have to show the filler stuff. We'll probably just announce that on Twitter um, or any of the other social media platforms. But it's in his best interest to advertise his own show in the best light possible, like you mentioned before. I do believe that <clears throat> given another chance or, or given their experience of how to put on shows themselves. Like a lot of these companies probably wouldn't have ever done anything like that before. They would have just thought, people love to see everything about Capcom. People love to see everything about Koch. We'll give them everything that we possibly can. And then it ended like the Koch went ended up being an hour and a half snooze fest. Like that's, they would have learned from that, that all the feedback that they would have got, including like from our streams, from everybody else who did watch alongs and then going to social media and having a look at what, people was writing about that, about how long it was and how boring it was and there wasn't enough content in there to keep people engaged. There was too much talking, too much dev time. All this stuff would have been great as something that could have just been put on YouTube and then people who were super interested in that have a look at it later on. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just, just be giving us the key beats of what you want to tell us, that would have flown a lot better. All that stuff is experience and it's stuff that people that might not have had any experience in doing before they've just put a video package together. So given another chance or given that they want to save as much money as possible during this COVID gap year, as mentioned in the article, it, it for me, it still makes more sense to, for them to do their own. Like let them beat their own drum, save as much marketing cost as possible and just get someone who can direct and produce content for them behind the scenes and then put a good show together. Like, again, I'll reiterate it, like you mentioned before, it's in his best interest to basically say these other companies didn't do so well in doing it, presenting their games to it. Let me do it for you is essentially what he's trying to say. Obviously, because he is a businessman, he wants to try and get as much money as possible. He wants to be the face of those video games and the announcements so that when people do clip that content up, he goes on social media, his face is on it. He's a businessman. If that was our job, obviously we'd have our faces on there as well. Do you know what I mean? Like he knows what he's doing with that stuff. He's a businessman. I think I said that I think, 14 times. Is he a businessman? I think he's a businessman. Is he, he is a businessman. <laughs> I think um, 
what you're saying is is flawed there. Um, I don't feel like he would just be out pushing his own show. I feel like, I mean, if you wanted to watch a show, you'd watch The Scoop. Uh, that would, I mean, arguably, people aren't putting conferences and stuff out because The Scoop exists, and that is be- the best content. I mean, just objectively, not even my own subjective opinion, The Scoop is clearly the best bit of content in the world. Yeah. You should watch that all times over everything. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm bullshitting, I'm bullshitting. Um, he... It's infinitely better when next-gen base coming forces with ICU, do you know what I'm saying, Graham? Yeah, exactly, exactly. When exactly. worlds collide. Um, no, yeah, Jeff is a journalist. He knows how to put a story together. He knows how to sell a narrative. And one of the narratives that he's selling there is, I mean, there probably is some truth in it, I think. Um, like Bibi mentioned about some of the conferences, cotches. Uh, I, I, sorry to pick on your cotch, um, but it was just the worst conference ever and i didn't even i didn't even do it i was i was putting my room together as as that this was on and i was listening to people that were having to suffer the uh, the coach presentation um so i i'm only suffering secondhand and i know how bad it was uh but like baby says a lot of these brands will have learned actually do you know what yeah it's like it's like going live on stream you can you can spend hours days weeks months putting your slates together your scenes getting your commands and stuff set up you will start and someone will go what about this and you're like oh fuck yeah okay that would be yeah <laughs> all right yeah okay so you you make notes down and you go live next time and it's great and then at the end of the stream someone goes oh you didn't do this and you go oh fuck yeah so you put that in and then and it's iterative it gets better and better over time every time you do it you get more experience you become better at it jobs yeah. good and um that said, there was, and it's hard to pin down stats on this because there was all sorts of contrasting stats. If anyone does have access to any definitive stats, please do feel free to share. But I remember during the lockdown uh, peak that brands were getting more return on investment, more bang for their buck for doing major streams. And that was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, why am I spending money at going to E3? Um, um, which is actually—it's awesome. not just a little bit of money either. Yeah. Like obviously, we know it's—it's it's a significant cost to their marketing budget. It's not—it's not a couple of hundred quid. It's not a couple of thousand pounds. Believe me, it runs into the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, into the millions for some of the biggest <laughs> ones as well. What by the time you've paid for celebrity endorsements and yeah. like getting Keanu Reeves to rock up at, at the stage at the Xbox conference. Uh, in an arena that you've bought out separate to the fucking what what yeah it's uh, ridiculous so it it does it does save you money to do your own broadcasts um and there was evidence that pointed towards that however there was also contrasting evidence that showed that if you were xbox um and or bethesda when they were separate and you wanted to do your own conference you would get shitloads more bang for your buck appearing in your own conference rather than going oh yeah let's talk about the next skyrim release on the ps uh show and obviously that's an xbox conference uh, title but i'm just using different shows as an example why would i pay to have my products placed in a playstation showcase where skyrim is going to be sat next to call of duty and is going to be sat next to fifa and is going to be sat mm-hmm. next to all these other things when i can just have my show and put it at the head and then have it come back to it a little bit later mm-hmm. on uh, if I wanted to. And it doesn't cost me as much money and I get massive mm-hmm. uh, viewership. However, the evidence was was pointing out that 
the big first party stuff um the playstation um and the xbox uh showcase and then some of the major ones like the ea's and things like that were doing great but things like uh when you start to go down the uh the pecking order maybe down to like devolver digital obviously that probably a bit different now it's owned by epic but devolver digital showcase didn't quite get the bang for the book it might not be devolver mm-hmm. i could be wrong um but then when you go down to proper indie level um they weren't getting coverage so that's where things like that are useful because just having two minutes in a, an xbox game pass segment and you show off uh bibby quest where where mm-hmm. one man and his struggles against uh i don't know whatever something bibby narrative i couldn't think of anything i was trying to be th- Clever there, I think it's about the fly. I've just let us all down. God damn it! But uh, <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's the point. The, the Bibby quest is the quest to find a good narrative. There you go. <laughs> Ta-da. Uh, so one man trying to make a video game for Game Pass doesn't have a story. Will he get one in time? Uh, like that sort of shit. So anyway. Bibby Quest would get some airing in the Xbox Game Showcase, which would actually give it big numbers. Uh, yeah, it would only be a few minutes, but a few minutes, a little bit of something big is a lot better than a whole lot of nothing. And a little bit of something big is exactly what West gives you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and on that bombshell, West, thank you very much for the raid. Pie of 2018. Do you know what? Friends. If you've all just come in from West stream and you've never had this... The pleasure of this before. Listen. Welcome to the stream. 50% egg. 50% shed. You know it as... West. Suck my hairies. Yeah, you tell them all to suck your hairies, West. Let's go. (laughs) Mackenzie, welcome in, dude. Thank you very much for dropping the follow and getting involved in the chat. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oi, oi, I never get to raid you, love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I absolutely 100% told you that we were scooping just so that you could raid us and not because I was caring and just was wanted to speak to you and stuff. It was entirely... No, I appreciate it. No, it wasn't. I was just, yeah, I love you. I love you. Thank you very much for the raid. Anyone that's dropped in from West Stream, I have been watching uh, that stream for most of the afternoon-ish, ish. Watching is a phrase that I use loosely. I, I drop in and out. On, usually on this screen is the gameplay uh, that I have on. So I was I was watching West. Uh, it, when it gets spicy, that's when I look uh, look across. I did I did see West basically get pulled up on by four people uh, and get dropped. And he was like, where did my scope go? I had one. I don't know what I did with that. <laughs> and then drop back into my work again. So yeah, yeah. All, the, all those highlights and things like that. Let's go. Uh, I did see Mackenzie get a clutch as well. Was he using an MK? Or someone was using an MK. So nice, nice. Let's go, boys. Thank you very much for the Wade, uh, Wade West. The Wade West Wabbit. <laughs> uh, we are talking about fewer third-party showcases happening this year. If you don't know what this is, this is the Scoop the UK's number one game uh, video game podcast, if we do say so ourselves. We are talking about... Um, video game showcases, i.e. the big conferences that you get in the summer. And Jeff Keighley, the guy who um, has a vested interest in saying that Summer Games Fest will be the best conference, has basically said that there won't be as many conferences because his conference is that good. So take that with a pinch. But the bit, the point that I was making was that there was actually some evidence that showed that some of the smaller brands weren't getting the cut through that they wanted um, when it came to conferences. Yes, Devolver Digital might put their own conference on and they can control the narrative and show all their games, but because they don't have the wall-to-wall bangers that you would expect in a PlayStation conference or an Xbox conference or a PC game uh, conference kind of thing, people go, ah, okay, well, I'll turn for the first bit and I might tune back in towards the end, but the bit in the middle is just going to be 
filler, so I'm not I'm not that bothered. Or they just didn't turn in at all and said, I'll read about it later on. Um, so it does kind of make sense as well. On the one hand, good-sized uh, developers, and what I mean by that is not, not the biggest studios out there um, or not the ones that have invested mega money in, in conferences in the past, like Ubisoft's and your EAs and things like that. People like Capcom, who uh, have done quite a few broadcasts, but not necessarily setting the world on fire with their production value or Koch Media who we've mentioned a few times those guys might actually go okay we can probably look at maybe scaling up um, some of them on the flip side might be going actually do you know what Koch Media we could scale up but because of the backlash last year it's safer to just step away it's safer to just step away so yeah some of that could be right so, what what Jeff Keighley is saying about um, there being less third-party showcases this year because everyone else is going to put their games into the Xbox and Bethesda showcase or into the Summer Games Fest or into a, a possibly unannounced PlayStation conference. Um, I do feel like that could be possible. That said, take it with a pinch because Jeff Keighley has a vested yeah. interest in making sure that you watch his conferences and not other ones. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, fair play to him. He's carved, he's carved this industry out himself. Um in terms of creating a space where he can charge a lot of money for people to be able to present stuff. Why shouldn't he? Absolutely. He's managed to be able to, he's managed to create something that everyone looks forward to. I mean, how many times have we seen it over the years where people will go, who won E3? Why would people want their marketing messages there? This is exactly why they pulled the budget, like we've mentioned before, and decided to do it themselves. He's carved out a very good space for him. He's carved himself a very good business. Why shouldn't he be able to do it? I've got no grudges with him. He's made he's made a very handsome living off doing that and being the go-to person when it comes to presenting stuff. He's a very good host. Like overall, yeah. he is you you pay for what you get. He's very good at being able to put together. He'll let you know that he's put the video package together. <laughs> uh, actually, I, th I think you find that that is a bit harsh. He uh, didn't put the video package together. What he did was he sourced all the clips manually, uh, clipped them out, <laughs> put it together, fully edited, did the did the theme tune. He wrote the theme tune. He sung the theme tune, um, and then uh, yeah, all of those credits. Got yeah. it. He didn't. He's just a very put... talented bloke, and he can charge a premium for it. <laughs> Fucking hell, who wouldn't in the same marketing position as he is? Um, but I do feel when it comes to stuff like this, I feel my personal opinion that he kind of sends the wrong message. Um, I, I I feel like he's trying to pry on potential marketing teams and editors like for all we know the guys that did the Koch one they had no experience in Bit putting together video packages <laughs> or streaming and just burped by the way sorry um are doing all of that stuff and they've literally just got an intern in to go mate we don't know what we're doing do you and he's gone I've streamed once from my PlayStation. <laughs> they've gone, okay, that's more experience than us. Get yourself over an OBS and try to put us together something. And they've put it together. He definitely missed the mark, but I feel like this year might be the change in pace because I feel like they would have gone back and the, the people around the table would have gone, do you know what? We can do better than this. We we know we can do better than this. We have a loyal fan base out there that are expecting this from us. And I hope to God that they give themselves another chance. I, d I hope to God that everything doesn't get put under one show because I hate the who wins E3 stuff because all the other games get lost. And I don't like that. I feel like there needs to always be an, an area for people to be able to shout about their own games and being, like you said, stuck in between COD, FIFA, whatever other battle, uh, new Battle Royale's coming out or uh, established IP. Just give everybody else the same opportunity to be able to have their 15 minutes in the sun. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I prefer. 
I, 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 I don't know where I sit in terms of if you can give me wall-to-wall bangers in the Summer Game Fest conference, the Xbox conference, and that's they're, they're happening three days apart, the 9th and the 12th. Um, and then let's just say, in theory, we got the PlayStation on the 15th. It's not going to be then, but let's just say we did. That would be three massive conferences in a week. Uh, I'd be all for that because that kind of gives me a little bit of that E3 vibe. Mm. Um, so I'm not necessarily against other brands folding up their third-party conferences to to stack into those because um, it feels it does like... mean you don't have to use as much of your time to watch the stuff, which is obviously time is a is a. <laughs> time is a commodity like you can't a lot of people don't have that much time so being able to wrap it up into three three hour shows i think that probably works for a lot of people but i I do feel that things get lost i'd much rather it's be spread out over seven days and then maybe someone can put something together (laughs) to be able to strip it all down i don't know (laughs) the issue you get though is like uh koch media had a, a show that was too long um, Jeff mm-hmm. Keighley was basically saying shows that had 30 minutes of content but only had two games so so had about 12 minutes of content had 18 minutes of filler and it felt wanky Cotchers was like two hours and it was like Ugh. Yeah. Um, and even Xbox we're talking about them being great their, e- uh, their, their E3 stuff was on point their Gamescom stuff was here's a trebuchet and it was shit because <laughs> they didn't have anything so they were talking yeah, for yeah. the sake of talking um I do. I agree with the sentiment that I would like things to be all over, uh, all over and being able to pick it up. But then, when does a conference matter? Do you, if you've only got twelve minutes of content, do you just put out two YouTube videos? Do you just put out some social videos? And then that's where I feel like it does it does dissolve into. It's not really a celebration. It almost feels like that chaff has to come with the wheat to make the conference be decent you need to have some shit stuff just to fill it out mm-hmm. to make sure that you've got a conference so yeah i'm i'm, I'm kind of split i like the idea of things it's almost like the conversation we were having the other day regarding netflix and and all the other subscription platforms how everything breaks off into their own bits but then someone finds a way of putting it all together again uh, so that everyone goes into that, and then suddenly something, usually cost, makes people want to pull away again, uh, and that's yeah. what happens with E3. Oh, we're all selling shops and stuff like that. And actually, do you know you do realize E3 is probably a bigger, better way to market. All right, let's all go to E3. Actually, you do realize E3 is super expensive, but all these YouTubers and stuff will do it for cheaper. Oh, let's all go to all YouTubers. Actually, you do realize that YouTube is best if you go to PewDiePie. Okay, and he costs you a million quid. Okay, let's fuck off. You do realize there's something, and that's it. It just goes in in. Yeah. in stop and start so yeah i do like everything pushing off into different directions but i kind of feel like the consolidation bit that that summer game fest and and first party conferences give is good Mm -hmm. it's just it's just the exploitative nature of if you go into summer game fest game awards has a pre-show and a post-show like it's the super bowl and it's like six days long so <laughs> your content's just gonna get lost so 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 yeah. i am i'm on board with jack keely and the summer game fest stuff as long as and for someone that's a journalist and really good at creating content i still don't feel like he's he's nailed his his flow for a either an award show or um a video game conference yet is if video game conferences arguably are the best they've ever been because they get better every year but i still feel like for that to be a full 
satisfy the industry sort of stuff, I feel like the whole pacing of things need to be fixed. That said, if he does get all of the third parties putting their games into his show, that could help fix that. And it could just be a case of Summer Game Fest this year could be a... Do you know what? Jeff Keeler wasn't lying. It wasn't just marketing spiel. This is actually on 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 the money. And if that's the case, I hope I hope that is the case because I'd, I'd be on board for that. I mean, how easy is it to watch all the summer's conferences? You just watch three, and that's it. <laughs> Jobs are good. At. Nice. Uh, Gagad says, "Good after morning, gents. Good after morning, Gagad. Hello. Um, I did say that. Right, the theme tune. The theme tune. Sing the theme tune. As I was as I was in that, which uh, Tito has put. Rest in peace, Dennis Waterman. I was actually going to say that as well. For those that may not have seen it or may not know who he is, because you know he's a, he obviously was an older bloke. Uh, Dennis Waterman passed away last week, um, and that was a. I think it was it was it Harry Enfield sketch where he'd write the theme tune, sing the theme tune, and it was like a tiny little Dennis Waterman. But it was based off the fact that there was a TV series that we used to watch all the time in my house my dad was a big fan of minder uh which starred dennis waterman and he starred in it and he wrote the theme tune for it and he sung the theme tune for it which is where all of that comes from so there you, there you go and d- he probably did the same thing little britain is that what it was there you go yeah so oh yeah it was it was it was what's not not matt lucas david williams wasn't it oh what was it was it yeah i think it was yeah yeah, yeah. nice didn't really watch little britain so there you go there you go um but yeah it's good it's good it's not good that he's gone sadly bless him uh, Dennis Waterman before my time <laughs> oh Gagad I don't know if you saw my comment um, it was in West's chat someone said uh, do you eat yoghurt and you was like a little cup of bacteria no thank you so I asked do you eat mushrooms because I'm inter- interested interested so we'll, we'll pause the whole stream now while Gagad can just let us know if he eats <laughs> mushrooms did we just become best friends a yep. mushroom for debate <laughs> Can I uh, tell my dad now? Uh, Nezzy D, Nezid, four twenty. Thank you very much for the follow. Fungus, you got to be joking. Nice, that's the correct answer. I was just checking. I was just checking uh, whether it was going to be bacteria wasn't available, but fungus <laughs> was. I was going to say. I know. I know. Fungus is a more evolved thing than bacteria, but but still, still yeah. Consistency. Yeah. You love to see it. <laughs> uh, just not the consistency of mushrooms. Ugh, like Ooh. slugs me. Yeah. He was in new tricks as well. He was. He was. Rest in peace, Dennis Waterman. And I know you're a big fan of the show, and uh, another family will still be watching it and stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame. Anyway, we will move ahead though. Uh, On to this, Andy Robinson at VGC says former Xbox exec says he's scared of Xbox Game Pass's potential impact. Ed. Fries? Freeze? It'll call him Fries because I like chips. Ed Fries uh, compares the service's potential impacts to Spotify. Uh, to Spotify's quote, people just don't buy songs anymore. Ooh. So former Microsoft exec Ed Fries, could be Freeze, but like I said, chips. Nice. Mm. Has expressed concern over the potential impact the company's Game Pass subscription service could have on the games industry. Speaking as part of a wider interview with Xbox Expansion Pass, Fries, who was part of the original Xbox launch team before his departure in 2004, was asked uh, what he would do were he still part of Microsoft's gaming team today. Fries didn't give an explicit answer, but said he was scared of the impact Xbox Game Pass could have should it become a dominant business model like Spotify has in the music industry. He also made broad claims about Spotify's impact on the music industry, some of which have been disputed by experts. Xbox Game Pass launched in June 2017 and has become central to Microsoft's gaming business, offering members access to, to over 100 titles for a monthly subscription fee. As of January 2022, Game Pass has over 25 million subscribers, according to Microsoft, uh, so it still has a long way to go before it reaches the level of Spotify, 
182 billion and Netflix 222 million. In fact, it was recently estimated that subscription services account for just 4% of annual games revenue in Europe and North America, compared to 65% of global music revenues. Both Microsoft and PlayStation have said they don't believe subscriptions will ever be the dominant model in video games. However, former Microsoft exec fries encourage the platform holders to be careful over the business models they create. Quote, the one thing that they're doing that makes me nervous is Game Pass, he said. Game Pass scares me because there's a somewhat analogous thing called Spotify that was created for the music business. When Spotify took off, it destroyed the music business. It literally cut the annual revenue of the music business in half, the former music exec claimed. It's made it so people just don't buy songs anymore. People don't buy songs on iPhone, for example, because why would you? They're all on your subscription service app. Apple said they're going to take away buying songs because no one's buying them anymore. Uh, so we have to be careful we don't create the same system in the game business. These markets are more fragile than people realise. I saw the game and destroy itself in the early 80s. I saw the educational software business destroy itself in the mid-90s. They literally destroyed a multi-billion dollar market in a few years. So Game Pass makes me nervous. As a customer, I love it. Uh, I love Spotify as a customer. I have all the songs I'd ever want. It's a great deal as a customer, but it isn't necessarily great for the industry, uh, end quote. Fries went on to answer uh, on to question whether it was possible for game developers to embrace subscription platforms to the extent seen in the music business. Quote, at some point, it tipped and everything had to be on Spotify. Uh, the percentage of all games that are on Game Pass is still tiny, and there are a lot of games. 200 games a week come out on Steam, and more than that come out on mobile. Uh, end quote. Some of Fry's claims regarding Spotify were strongly disputed by music industry journalist Tim Ingham, of uh, editor of Music Business Worldwide, who told VGC that streaming's impact on the music industry had overall been hugely beneficial. Quote, Spotify didn't cut the music business in half. Piracy did, he said. Spotify and the cloud-based technology on which it relies actually gave music fans a more convenient, legal and monetized alternative to piracy. And then, once consumers were comfortable with that, Spotify and its rivals performed a, a further miracle, upselling hundreds of millions of music to consumers to subscription via monthly billing, despite the fact that the same free alternative music piracy remains available in any browser. Um, he added, arguably the biggest problem the music industry has with Spotify today is whether its free tier remains fit for purpose because consumers have become so accepting of the paid subscription paradigm. And make no mistake, subscription as a model is loved by the modern music business. It's taken the whole industry back to commercial peaks. Many thought Napster and LimeWire had snuffed out for good. Uh, end quote. Ingham pointed out the figures from IFPI, which showed that since 2011, Spotify launched... Do you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. There's mm. lots of stuff backwards and forwards. You get the idea. Um... Spotify apparently killed the music industry, according to some people, not so much according to others. The worry is that Game Pass could have the same sort of impact. Obviously, there's a huge debate in there. Um, and just to uh, wrap that final comment back up into the original uh, subject line. So the original subject line is that people just don't buy songs anymore um, because they've got Spotify. Mm -hmm. That still is valid so that personal person was uh that that music person should i say was saying that people don't buy uh music but they weren't buying music anyway they're actually putting music back into it well that's kind of a flaw for this comparison because people are buying video games it's a lot harder to pirate video games i mean it's not if you're on pc and things like that and so on but if you're on a console it's a, it's a lot harder to pirate video games than it is um so having something like game pass 
come along and give you the option for, air quotes, free video games every month in return for a subscription, um, you are getting rid of a revenue stream that is already there. So, Game Pass is something we should be scared of, apparently. What are your thoughts, babe? Yeah, I think it definitely falls into a, a small trap. Uh, I do agree with a large section of what you said there. Um, but I, I do think there's a small caveat in there as well of the fact that people aren't buying music anymore. Um, it's a discussion actually upstairs that we had this morning. I don't know if you've seen it over at TikTok, um, but their market managers for these uh, world-renowned artists like Ed Sheeran and Florence the Machine and stuff like that, they're actually actively asking their talent to go into TikTok to make videos to promote their songs. It's not even because, asking, it's demanding, isn't it? It's like two or three yeah. videos a week kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, just to, be, just to get their songs in the algorithm and stuff like that. And the artists are like, you're taking the piss. I'm literally lying. Ed Sheeran's probably the number one person, uh, number one artist on Spotify that has his music streamed every single second of every single day. Or I don't think there's one song on Ed Sheeran's page that doesn't have at least 100 million streams. So he doesn't need to be able to do that. But because people aren't going out and buying his album and they're not getting the full... It's like when you buy a video game. You buy a video game at full price from either the 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 people who are publishing the game or like from game or shop to the game collection, they're not getting the money directly. Like obviously they would have to go out and buy in bulk from these publishers anyway. But if you go to sell a game on a second hand, they get none of that money. It's very similar to this. Like people aren't going out and buying singles or not go out and buying albums. Like I'm part of the problem. However, my counteract is I tend to go out if I really, really like an album. Like when I get when we get paid in the next couple of days, I'm gonna buy the new Blossoms record on vinyl. That's how I consume my media if I'm in the house. But if I'm out and about, I use me I use Spotify. Like I pay my subscription to Spotify. I'm quite happy with that. It's super convenient. I know that they don't get all the profits from that, but that's not my problem. That's for them to be able to try and bridge the gap between Spotify and the record companies. That isn't my they're giving me a service. I'm gonna pay for it. Similar to what we're getting with Game Pass. Someone somebody somewhere has created something where they've gone to whoever it is and said, We'll have we'll have your game on here. Here's a bucket load of cash, and this is how much we're gonna charge our consumer. It's not my problem how the money gets to anybody else as long as my money is going to the people uh, at Microsoft and therefore they let me play their video games. It's a problem, it's a problem that I think publishers and developers and everybody else in between has because it's much more lucrative, I think, for them in the long run to be able to sell their individual game to me. But whilst everybody else is having an experience on Game Pass, they're probably thinking, well, people might play our game quicker if we get it on there, there will, uh, rather than oh, wait for it to come on Game Pass, which uh, genuinely, that is a lot of people's mentality now. There's a lot of people who won't play games because they know at some point it's going to come to Game Pass or whatever the PlayStation alternative is going to be in the next couple of weeks. That's just the way we're now... We, that's how we're built to expect things like we expect an album on day one to go to Spotify and then we start streaming it. We expect games at some point, if it's not a first party title, to go onto Game Pass and we'll wait for it to go on there. Again, much more lucrative if we go out and buy those things from the bands, the artists, or from the people who are publishing the game. But that's not our problem. It's for it's for everybody else to try and work out solutions as to try and make it as cheap as possible for us to be able to get their media. I do feel like we should be scared of Game Pass uh, and the potential impact it has. 
but not in the way that this article has suggested. I feel like transitioning to um, subscription models is the future anyway. We've been doing that on everything for the mm-hmm. for the last 20 years. Like, you can subscribe to fucking food deliveries. Uh, you can subscribe to, I mean, you can't, I don't know if you can in the UK, but America has DoorDash Ultra or whatever it is where you subscribe to that and you get a certain amount of takeaways and stuff and, 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 yeah. and so on. Um, we do it at Grey's, HelloFresh. We've got that kind of stuff over here. Ocado, Dollar Shave Club yeah. uh, exists, yeah. even though we don't have dollars, but we do have shaves. But, you know, that you exists can, over uh, here as well. The T-shirt Amazon, deliveries. if you want... Um, fucking toilet roll or whatever you could do subscriptions on amazon like there is subscription models out there i mean the biggest one we're not talking about netflix like they tend to have a load of films that don't come out on day one from the theaters for a specific reason um we end up getting films maybe two or three years old on there unless they're making it themselves which arguably the last couple of years the films that have netflix have made haven't been that good uh, but the subscriptions are going up, which is why a lot of people are leaving Netflix. But that's people voting with the wallets. I don't want to watch Friends again for the seventh thousand time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it is though. It is the way it is. People only want to continue to pay for stuff if they're getting their money's worth. And I definitely get my money's worth with Game Pass, and I definitely get my money's worth with Spotify. How they distribute that money towards the people who are there having their services host. Uh, their services host on whichever platform. That's none of my business. That's for them lot to try and broker whatever deals that they need to do. It's just super convenient for everybody to be have all the streaming pl- uh, streaming software. But like I say, it it is it could be a potentially a slippery slope. But again, not our concern at this moment in time. Yeah, I think my 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 issue isn't the fact that it's moving to uh, a digital sort of environment and that there's less money going around. My issue isn't that. Um, Obviously, that is an issue. Like Bibi says, that's an industry issue. The industry will sort industry things. The, do, do you really think the industry cares about... Uh, and the industry is the industry at large, not necessarily certain brands or certain people within that. The industry wants to make money. It doesn't care about whether it's necessarily the best mm-hmm. way for you to get that. As long as you're having something that you're okay with, that you will buy it again, and they're making a shitload of money, the industry is fine. Um, <laughs> so you sort your economics out. I am not bothered. The thing that I am bothered about, though, is the fact that if we do transition to something like a Game Pass model, it's the same same conversation we've had in the past, is like, how do we get revenue from Game Pass? If PlayStation suddenly have uh, PS Plus Premium is a proper Game Pass competitor, and we have Game Pass, uh, how does a game get its revenue from there. If I want to release a free-to-play game on Game Pass, uh, which I would usually release it as a 25-quid indie game or something, it's got an hour's mm. worth of playtime for it, how do I get 25 quid's worth of revenue? Is it just the download and the install? Is it from the amount of minutes played? Is it from recommendations off of my play? Or, or what? And that's where the issues for something that, like that comes in. This is not an issue that's prevalent on console or PC yet, but it is an issue that has become prevalent in the mobile scene, It thanks to the likes of Apple Arcade and Google's Play thing. Um, the fact that they were originally giving you revenue based on the amount of time that people spent not not just in app purchases but the amount of time people spent in the app that's how you would get your monthly mm-hmm. revenue um so games that are your farmville your press and, and come back in 30 seconds and do something else and do something else and play it every minute and come back in an hour and come back again games like that were like cha-ching 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 but other games that have spent 
a good chunk of time developing a cool, detailed, deep narrative that you play through and you go, that was wonderful. Literally a life-changing experience. They'll get like 48 pence and it's like, what the fuck? Um, mm. So that's where my issues are. It's not the, the potential impacts. The industry, if the industry's scared of the future, then it's not really in a fit state because the future is coming, whether you want it to get here or not. As you, I mean, tell Blockbuster that. They were probably yeah, like, yeah. yeah, fuck the future. We're happy selling all these DVDs. Oh, no. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. Um, so the future is coming, whether you're ready for it or not. Uh, that is not what I'm scared of. It's, we, we should always embrace the future and, and changes like that. But my issue is how we embrace the future whilst not losing the content not necessarily about how people can continue to make money out of it and that's where my my focus is thank you for coming to mentor talk uh, twitch talk actually <laughs> twitch talk um okay we'll move forward uh into a little bit of a deeper conversation we'll, we'll not stick on this one too much um just because we've 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 covered all these areas and 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 yeah we don't we don't want to spend too much time on it we do want to keep the focus on it but but enough to make sure that the conversation starts but at the end of the day it's it's we want to talk about easier stories on the scoop uh ted talk you called no ted not sorry sorry <laughs> uh justin reeve uh at the gamer was i think it was the gamer uh has this article says reggie fees this is the annoying thing the gamer doesn't have oh it does i was gonna say it doesn't have the logo at the top there's a website i don't know which one it is it doesn't have the logo at the top it might be polygon or something like that so like once you clicked into the article, you can't actually see where you are on the website, which is really bad for UI and UX interactions because users need some <laughs> sort of grounding. God damn. Um, so Reggie fils discusses workplace abuse, delayed adoption of online play at Nintendo. So the former executive talks about some of the biggest topics in the games industry. We'll jump into the article. It says, The former president and chief operating officer at Nintendo of America, Reggie, uh, Reggie fils recently gave his thoughts on the report, uh, reports of workplace abuse at Nintendo, calling the allegations troubling and describing, quote, I, I do believe it's the role of company leadership to set a culture in the organization and to set the tone end quote the former executive also explained why nintendo lagged so far behind sony and microsoft when it came to the adoption of online play the news comes from a whole series of interviews held in advance of the upcoming book by visa may disrupting the game these covered several different topics including unionization contract work labor relations and of course the delayed adoption of online play at nintendo Uh, so addressing the subject of workplace abuse at nintendo the former exec said that i made it's a priority have uh, the priority to have a culture within the organization that was welcoming that promoted all the workers that we had and so these reports are really troubling end quote fisa may added that quote what i would say today is that every organization looks uh, needs to look hard at its employment practices and to make sure that they are being progressive that they are being welcoming to all their employees and whether they're full-time or not and to make sure that they've got the policies and principles in place to have a welcoming work environment and to make sure that there are no systemic issues going on um Fizeme described how, quote, you can't be directly involved in every single issue, but noted that having openness and having every employee in the organization that can come to you and raise an issue, that's certainly the culture that I advocated while I was at Nintendo, end quote. The former exec went on to describe why systemic change is important. There's only so much. And do you know what? I'm going to stop for a second because you get... This is... It's good stuff. It's good stuff. But I also feel like it's obvious stuff. He's saying how he's done stuff right, which I feel like we've spoken about at length before. Uh, being open, being aware, uh, being encouraging and helping those that need help is is something that we should all talk about. So I'm going to skip past forward, uh, forward past this. He's talking about unionization. Um, 
This one is more technical about the game stuff, so this is where we'll jump back in. So talking about the delayed adoption of online play on Nintendo, Fizeme said that the uh, that quote first Nintendo's business philosophy has always been to do things differently, to innovate in ways that play to the company's strength versus playing to the strength of others. And so, for example, when it came to multiplayer, Nintendo really excelled in what we called internally couch play, sitting next to someone playing Mario Kart, sitting next to someone playing a, a variety of different games like Wii Sports. It's called couch co-op, and it's not just a phrase that you had internally made. So out honestly uh quotes uh no, that's not quite end quote should I say the former exec noted that in order to do online multiplayer the company really needed to think about what's the new type of game what are the different types of experiences that we're going to need to create in order to now excel in that form of play and candidly it took the company a while to think that through to come up with something that they believed would be fundamentally uh, fundamentally different and add value in a new way the second thing i would highlight is that culturally the company didn't see a huge opportunity in online reggie fees May remarked. It was an area that the Americas and Europe constantly were trying to educate the company in Japan about the value of online play, investing in the online infrastructure which needed to be done in order for the experience to be a positive one. Fisa May went on to describe how this is where Microsoft invent, invested so significantly and it became their competitive advantage. It still is today, I would argue, in terms of their connected gameplay. It was a constant area of push by the western parts of the company to encourage the development and the investment in the infrastructure and I'm sure that conversation continues today so there you go nintendo didn't think online gaming was really worth investigating or investing in um whereas microsoft and sony did uh, which is why they absolutely flew ahead not really a surprising fact anyone that's played uh a console online versus their Nintendo Switch device online will have probably seen that the Nintendo Switch's experience is not always crap, but it's a lot. It's a lot more patchier. Unless you're on my sky, then it's always crap. You know, it's just what it is. What it is. Um, but it's nice to have actually someone putting that into words. Uh, where he said they use the word candidly. See if I can see where it was. Uh, oh, I can't actually find it, but it was it was the candid bit, like the fact that it was just basically going, yeah, we fucked up. <laughs> it took us a yeah. while. And we fought, uh, and candid, candidly, it took the company a while to think that through, to come up with something that they believe was fundamentally different and a value in the way. Like, like that whole that whole segment before and after, saying that they thought, oh yeah, well, we don't really get it. We'll have a think about it. We'll we'll take some time, and, and meanwhile. Everything is going online. Just it's just baffling, but I suppose that's 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 just a cultural significance. You've got Europe and America highly on one thing, whereas Japan and 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 rightly so in some elements were like actually you do realize couch co-op is the best way to play video games, so we're going to stick with that. Which I agree, couch co-op is the best way to play video games. However, I don't. I'm not twelve anymore, so that's not yeah. necessarily the best use of my time. Anyway, babe, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Couch Co-op works for a lot of games, but similar to how we, we've we had to use Parsec to get around these kind of things, like playing Street Fighter 4 and our Masters of the League series and stuff like that. Like, we've had to manipulate systems to make, to make it so that it made it... Like, we're playing Couch Co-op, but we, we obviously not. We're in two different locations. Like... I understand from Nintendo's standpoint that they are always... They are always behind when it comes to creating infrastructures and what they put into their consoles. And they do extremely well without the, the newest and latest technology, but there does become a point where they don't have party chat 
on your Nintendo Switch, despite them having an online infrastructure. You had to use your mobile phone for that. Like That's just bizarre. You've given us three quarters of the tools to be able to get into stuff like... I remember... We, we talked about that 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 fantastic Christmas where me and you were just playing Fortnite constantly when Star Wars was in there. And we used the party chat within Fortnite itself. So I had my headphones plugged into my Nintendo Switch and obviously you was using the PlayStation, um, uh, just the, the native internal PlayStation party, not the party chat that comes with your PlayStation, but the party chat involved in the actual game because they didn't have like, and we didn't have a way of being able to do that while I was playing on two separate consoles. So... They are always a step behind, but I don't think it's hampered them. I don't think it's got to the point where they are so far behind they can't claw it back. I just feel like they've gone in a different direction, yeah. which has made them a shitload of money, and they'll be extra... Like, it's one of the best-selling consoles ever. Yeah. Like, what they've done with the Nintendo Switch to bring it back after the Wii U, like... It's, a, it's genuinely a miracle that they've managed to get where they are, but that's not through lack of... Uh, understanding they've literally just doubled down on the things that they do extremely well which is making fantastic consoles and fantastic games everything else is an added extra that they've just not thought about they've concentrated on what is going to make them the most money and people are going to like about those consoles and i don't i can't find a way to criticize them for that i can just criticize them for the things that they've not put the energy into which it benefits me and benefits the other people who want to play that console. But in terms of selling those those bloody things, yeah, you can't get a hold. Like last, last year, the year before, when Animal Crossing and Ring Fit Adventure came out, you genuinely couldn't find either of those things as well as the control, consoles, regardless of whether or not it was a normal one or a Switch Lite. They were just non-existent. And if there was, they were being scalped at a stupidly high price. So who are we to criticise their practices when they're making money hand over fist? Graham and Bibi. That's who we are. I thought you knew that. I mean, I've got I've got nameplates if you want. There you go. There you go. Sit yes, mate. Bibi at we've got Bibi on Twitter. Graham underscore day. There you go. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. Yeah. So delayed adoption of online play. It's, it's. I still feel like they need to fix it, but like like you say, they absolutely nailed it. I mean, Iceman does have a good point. Uh, couch co-op fell flat during the pandemic. Yeah, okay, that that not having an <laughs> yeah. online thing. How how well did that do for you? Yeah. I mean, luckily they have they had gone forward in with enough to to have an online infrastructure that would allow them to thrive during the pandemic. They were one of the big wins with Animal Crossing in the pandemic. Uh, but if they'd have stuck with Couch Co-op and not gone through, imagine that that would have been their blockbuster moment. They would have just gone. That would have been the end. Like, okay, we're, we're selling games. Okay, play with your friends. Ah, that's illegal, mate. Okay, uh, <laughs> just buy them and wait for a couple of years? I don't think so. Okay, fuck. Um, so, yeah. I mean, they are getting there. They were a bit slow off the mark, but it's, when they're making as much money, is what was what was it? There was a one of those like sales things. It was like their 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 biggest selling quarter, like back to back or something yeah. for like fucking. They they outsold the PS5 and the Xbox uh, Series X. I mean, it's not that difficult because you can't frigging buy them. But I just mean like, in terms of like their actual within themselves, like their biggest, like they've sold more quarter on quarter, like fucking every quarter for like the last. 11 years or something stupid like that maybe it's mm. not that but it was something of of that ilk like basically nintendo they're, they're doing good shit so they're not really yeah. caring but like it shows you that that's that's the thing though you, you do have to have a niche a usp and that is what the switch has compared to any other console it does have usps but mm -hmm. you also 
yeah, that bit of diversification. If they didn't have the online elements to diversify their USPs as well. Ooh, so yeah, stay stay agile, but also keep your beliefs. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll move ahead. Speaking about keeping your beliefs, do you know what? beliefs are things that you've had with you for a long time that that, you, that you've had for years. Even though they may remain dormant, they they could come back. And it's a fucking tedious link for me to jump straight into this article from Lu Hai Liang at the Gamer. It says Capcom may revisit dormant games. That was a muddy segue. I know. I'm, I'm tired. Uh, there are some famous names in its back catalogue. There are some fecking famous names in its back catalogue. I mean, I'm, I'm having to sit here watch Capcom making basically video games for Bibe and, uh-huh. Mon- and Monster Hunter fans. <laughs> Okay, we'll jump back in. Uh, so Capcom is one of the most famous games companies in the business. Japanese developer and publisher was founded in 1983. So it's one of the veterans and is responsible for some iconic video game titles. These include such classics as Street Fighter, Mega Man, Devil May Cry and Resident Evil, to name a few. But while the biggest names continue to be supported with sequels and modern releases, some of Capcom's titles have lain dormant for many years. These include uh, classics such as Onimusha, Okame, uh, Power Stone and Lost Planet and now it looks like Capcom could be considering reviving some of these where the fuck is Dino Crisis in that list exactly fuck's sake uh, in a call with investors Capcom was asked about its dominant IP and if it had plans for them to which the response was that we are currently putting together plans for our pipeline based on demand data from the market uh, going forward we will continue to take customers wishes into consideration while devising our title lineup they continued some series in capcom's back catalog have not received new entries for some time this includes beautiful joe which uh, last saw a new title in 2005 the hardcore fighting fans favorite of dark stalkers which hasn't had a remake or, or a remaster or any new entries since 1997. Similarly, the 3D Arena Fighter Power Stone hasn't been updated since 2006. Third-person shooter Lost Planet saw its third entry in the series released back in 2013. The side-scrolling beat-em-up Final Fight, which was a huge commercial success in the arcades in the late 80s, has been dormant since the 3D Final Fight Streetwise was released in 2006 on the PS2 and Xbox, although the package of Final Fight Double Impact dropped in 2010. Uh, the PS2 classic series on Emusha hasn't received a remake or new entry, although a HD remaster of the first game on Emusha Warlords was released in early 2019 for various platforms. Okay, I'm, I'm disappointed. We're almost at the end of the cycle, and I kept going because I was waiting for Dino Crisis, and it doesn't mention it even once. Capcom is hard at work on a completely new series, with the company announcing the title Pragmata in 2020, its first totally original game in a decade. Pragmata is set for PS5, uh, Xbox Series X and PC in 2023. Meanwhile, fans will be keeping their fingers crossed for whichever series they have a particular fondness for to receive the revival treatment. Yeah, like Dino Crisis, fuckers. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I could not tell you what Onimusha looks like. I mean, I know there's probably a lot of people that could tell me, um, or Akame, um, or Power Stone for that. I probably will remember Power Stone if I've seen it. Lost Planet, obviously, I know. Uh, but like, fucking Dino Crisis! Mm. Article from Lu Kang. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Lu Hai Liang. <laughs> different, different, different. Um, Onimusha was a clack, was a class game, but if it isn't uh, if it isn't Dino Crisis, I know it's been failed to be mentioned in this, but that's just not reading the room. Like they genuinely would be making hand, money hand over fist. Uh, oh, yeah, as, I, I've as seen Onimusha. Now I see it. Yeah, I've seen Onimusha. I know what it is. Um, 
But I've, I saw we saw today. I've retweeted it earlier that the the Resident Evil Three uh, Play at PS Five update is coming soon within the next seven days. People have already started getting the notification to get it ready. Like I can't wait for this shit. Do you realize how much money would be made from a Dino Crisis reboot? Like the amount of people that would have passed it up the first time that now I've got into these survival horror type games and then they realize that there's a Resident Evil alternative where they are on a on an island full of dinosaurs, so it's Jurassic Park, but they are dinosaurs with fucking guns and shit rather than zombies. Mate, it, they've just not read the room, in my opinion, with no. this, if it isn't that. I mean, if it is... Fantastic! Everyone's going to be extremely happy. But literally, when this article was being shared yesterday, not not via us, but on social media, when I was reading through people, people were going ballistic, saying like, "Where is it? We need it. How have they overlooked it?" Like, I don't know if it's a license issue, because they've already, I know they renewed the 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 trademark for it maybe last year or the year before, so it is still there and available. It just needs to be fucking made now. Yeah, it, so for those, uh, we did cover the news article at the time. It may have been 18 months. It could be 24 months-ish. I don't know. It could be sooner, uh, more recent than that. But Capcom renewed the IP license, uh, copyright, or whatever it was, for for Dino Crisis. So naturally, when something gets renewed, everyone goes, oh, they're interested in that. They're they're renewing it. So they're, uh, they want to make a new one. And it started to get a little bit of traction, which mm -hmm. is not the case. It's like, imagine having the rights to something and someone goes, that thing that you've made that people really like, that's actually yeah. worth a fortune, do you want to keep it? Well, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. That's all it is, is renewing that. A, a, a modicum of cost to sort something out so that you can keep your own stuff for yourself rather than let mm -hmm. someone else pick it up. Jobs are good. Um, so, yeah, Dino Crisis, <sighs> yes, please. Yes, please. I mean, we're in a world where survival games are huge. Uh, fucking, and dinosaurs are huge. We're just about to get Jurassic World Extinction or whatever it's called. Um, uh, Ark Survival Evolved has been a massive mm -hmm. dinosaur game forever. So, just, yeah, give us a Dino Crisis. That's all you need to do, Capcom. That's it, and you, then I'll start playing your games again. Nice. Winner, winner, Dino Dinner. Let's go. <laughs> um, Dino Crisis? Never heard of that game before, says JMK. What? Are you serious? I'll be joking, right? Dinosaurs have always been huge, to be honest. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, good point. Good point. Although, what what are the little chickeny ones like? Uh, to be fair, Velociraptor. That that's 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 like eight foot tall in the films. They're like chicken sized. They were just they like the name of it, Velociraptor. So they made them bigger. They're tiny. They're actually they would they would you know go against that. Yeah, yeah. I can't. That's not the ones I was thinking of. Though I was thinking of the ones from Jurassic Park Two. Three? I can't remember the little the little things that Compies, that's it, Compies. There we go. Compies, compi, compi, comp compi. Uh yeah. on that, we is it comp sognathus or something like that? I'm gonna have to look at that now. Comp sognat comp yeah, comp sognathus. Oh the dinosaur nerd is back in the room. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Fucking uh. There you go. Uh anyway, on that. Horribly awkward bombshell. We are going to finish. Me yeah. and Babe are going to disappear into the wilderness like a compsognathus. Okay, you get the idea. You get that. I was joking. Give us a two rock remake though. Oof. Oof. 
Oof, yes, I'll take that. I mean, I'd, I'd rather die in a crisis, but oof. oof. Uh, we are going to disappear. Thank you, everyone, that's uh, been involved in the stream. Nezzy and Mackenzie for the followers. West for the big old raid. Uh, we appreciate all that support. I nearly shouted out Gagad, but I'm not shouting out his 21 months sub because that was yesterday. So Ooh. his generosity only lasts 24. I'm joking. We appreciate that from yesterday as well. <laughs> uh, bound to be due a second new drop now. <laughs> yeah. mm. New comment. New comment. But, but yes, probably. Hashtag fixed. Hashtag rigged. Exclamation mark rigged. This is bullshit rigged. Okay, we are going to disappear, as mentioned. We appreciate everyone for dropping in for the stream. Everyone that stuck around from the raids and just joins us anyway. We appreciate all your support. We are going to be back tomorrow with a double scoop. Double scoop? Double stream day. We'll have the scoop and some PUBG in the evening. Word has it that the Triggermeister himself, Mr. Ilotus UK, might even be in. So the last ever chasing crates with mates still hasn't happened yet, potentially. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know, I'm not gonna say he's definitely there, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. So do feel free to join us for those streams. Before any of that happens though, Mr. Bip, is there what you'd like to yes. add? Yes, again, thank you very much to each and every one of you that have joined us for today's episode of The Scoop. If you want to help shape tomorrow's show and the remaining three shows this week, there's two ways you can do so. First of all, find us on social media. It is at Ice Cream Uploads across all major social media platforms or alternatively, get involved with our Discord. If you go into the description below and any of our on-demand services. I just lost my train of thought there completely, but you know where to find us. It's at Ice Cream Upload across all major social media platforms. Um, or get involved with our Discord. All we need from you is a URL plus your thoughts and impressions. We will then give you our thoughts and impressions on the very next show, which will be a what time tomorrow, Mr. Graham Day. Uh, 10 a.m. Ish. Ish. ish big old ish big old ish do feel free to stick around though we are going to drop a raid on uh, one of our friends I just had a quick scan through and Miss Kira Eric maybe 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 we'll see we'll see um, oof, Bob Duck and Weave is playing Fortnite though mm -hmm. I was thinking that oh, okay Bob Duck and Weave is uh, do feel free to drop in you don't have to stick around obviously you came over from a PUBG stream you might not be interested in, in Fortnite but Bob Duck and Weave you should be you should be. You fucking should be. Um, Bob Duck and Weave is uh, a good content creator, UK guy, really friendly, really creative. He actually does a lot for streamers as well, by the way. He makes music for content creators to use free of charge. Is it called Stream Site? I think it is. Uh, it's something along those lines. Do feel free. He often wears a T-shirt with the branding on because it's his own brand. Do feel free to drop into the stream, uh, show him some love. Even if you drop in and drop out, it'd be just nice to pass over that. And you get some sprinkles from going over as well, which is yeah. our channel points currency that you can do as well. Uh, but that's it from us. Have yourselves a beautiful day. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Until then, stay frosty. Stay frosty.